If you had to guess what is the oldest human constructions in the world, what would you say? Maybe the pyramids of Giza, the Nazca Lines, or Machu Picchu. The pyramids were built 400,000 years ago, the Nazca Lines carved in the desert 2,000 years ago, and Machu Picchu is fairly new at 500 years ago. What I'm thinking is about 40,000 years. I will give you a clue. This construction is built by the world's longest civilization, dating back 60,000 years ago. If you had said the origins of Australia for the civilization, then you got it right. And the construction we are talking about is the Bear Arena Aboriginal fish traps. From the river system of these ancient fish traps, and a rich and deep history is where my next guest, Kabusha Ninga, comes from. From Rewarana, which is uh, far west New South Wales. It's located uh, on the Darling River, which runs through there and other surrounding communities. Very, very remote. There's about 1,200 people, the population. That's very, very small, and that's where I grew up and I uh, spent most of my life, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful place. The river, the wildlife, the birds, the fish, it's amazing, absolutely beautiful. Thank you for joining us on Indigenous Earth, where we talk to Indigenous conservation heroes from around the world and learn from them on the traditions and practice of protecting our planet. My name is Frank Oscar, and after being initiated into a Guarani tribe, I learned the Arandukati, a knowledge system that is passed down generation to generation. It has teachings about the medicinal plants and the importance of taking care of our natural world. After moving to the United States, I started making friends with indigenous people from all over the globe and realized that many of these communities had similar teachings of protecting the planet. Now, as we humans face the biggest challenge we ever face with climate change, it's more important than ever to honor that indigenous wisdom. That's why I created this podcast, to hear from these conservation heroes from indigenous communities and learn from them on how we can, too, protect our precious planet. Now, let's hear back from Kabushka as she tells us about the river she grew up on. The river is the life of the community. So, you know, and as a kid, you, even as an adult, you know, people still swim in the river. There's fish, you know, you go fishing, uh, you catch the fish, which is beautiful fresh water, uh, yellow belly, they call it, and cod and crayfish, the yabbies, and then the mussels are in the river. It's just beautiful. We used to spend all day there, like go there in the morning and then just stay until, like, we couldn't see dark time, you know. Um, and everyone does that. It's just, it's beautiful. So the fish traps are one of the wonders of the world. It's a traditional 
a landmark um, in Bewarana, ancient history. Uh, the fish traps uh, were made by the Indigenous people that lived off the land thousands and thousands of years ago, and they built these fish traps to catch the fish. So they have these um, fish, and the the what they do is the fish they they go into it, they swim into it, and then they get trapped there. So then they would just walk over and grab the fish or spear the fish, and it's just amazing. And it's still there; it's still there. No one touches it. It's very sacred to the community, to the people, to the culture. And just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. You can feel the, the spirits, the connection to, you know, the ancestors and the history. It's just the way that it connects with you, with your spirit, is just, it's amazing. And, you know, it's just the most beautiful thing. And when the water is running, like, it's just phenomenal. The the noise, the, you know, the, the water, it's just the most beautiful place. On this river, she found something that would change her life. And then down the bottom of the river, of the, the weir, where the fish traps are, you have the traditional ochre, which is, it's a rock. And what they are, these rocks are different colours. They're red, the orange, the white, the darker colours. And what you do is you you break them off, the rocks. So you break them off and then you, you crush them into a powder and mix them with the water and it becomes paint. It's just amazing. It's so amazing. Yeah, so that's my favourite part of Brewarana is is the fish traps and the ochre. Hearing her tell her story about growing up in this ancient river with such a deep and long history remind me of a passage of A Hundred Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. At that time, Macondo was a village of 20 adobe houses built on the bank of a river of clear water that ran along a bed of polished stones, which were white and enormous like prehistoric eggs. The world was so recent that many things lacked names, and in order to indicate them, it was necessary to point. And you were mentioning that you can split some of the rocks and you can make paint out of that. And I know that you're an artist that, you know, you do a lot of traditional dot art, circle painting. Was that something that kind of inspired you to to become an artist, just being surrounded by that creativity and, and that paint? I think so, yeah. Like, I think so. I think because, see, my family, they fished a lot. 
So, you know, my mother would take us to the river. Like she would fish all day and we would run around and play and, you know, do things. We would fish as well. But, you know, as children, you just explore. And, you know, I think that's what happened to me. You know, I went there and I just would play around the rocks, hide in them. And I used to find it fascinating because when I would break them off, I would draw on the other rocks with them. I think my young mind was fascinated with, you know, how is this happening? This is a rock and I can, like, draw with it. You know, so, yeah, and I used to do that all the time when I used to go there. And I used to just sit all day amongst the ochres and, yeah, make paint and draw and paint. Yeah. That is so cool. You know, like since a little kid, you know, you were inspired by your surroundings to use your creativity. And can you tell me more about the traditional dot art uh painting? Yeah, so the traditional dot art painting is so that that's our that's our culture, that's how we keep our culture alive is you know, we interpret our traditional symbols into art. And uh, that's how we we make that's how we share our stories uh, through the artwork and the symbols. It, it's really amazing how um, it happens and how you can read stories through the symbols. It's it's phenomenal. And, you know, sharing that now with people, for me, it's been really amazing. Like I've lived this life, my whole life, and, you know, being able to share with people, it's just been so awesome. You know, the dots are symbolic to our culture. You know, that's how we share the knowledge, the art, the creativity. It's just, it's amazing. And they can be, dots can be interpreted in different ways depending on the artist and what they're creating in their story. So you could use them in many different ways. It just depends on the artist. Yes, and you bring a lot of positive energy in the workshops when you're teaching people to do the art. And I know that you're a very big champion about mental health. Um, Can you tell me more about that, about art and mental health? Yeah, for sure. So how I came about the mental health was my, my mother was very close with her brother who had schizophrenia uh, from a very young age. So I was exposed to to that uh, through her and him. And when he was young, he committed suicide uh, in a psychiatric hospital uh, in, an, in a city. So uh, my mother then, and I was very, very young, uh, probably about, maybe eight, seven or eight years old. And me and my mother, we were close. So I I watched her grieve for him 
when he died, you know, I believe that she became depressed also and, you know, grieved for him. And I guess I just, I always wondered what that was. You know, what is schizophrenia? I would hear the adults talk about it. I would hear my mother, her sisters, her mother, you know, speak about him, you know. And one thing people, you know, when you're a child, you you hear everything. You know, you see everything, you hear everything. It's just amazing. And that's what I've done, you know. So I watched and I just got really curious about um, schizophrenia and I wanted to know what happened, what happened to him, what happened to my mother. I was very, very curious. So I went on to um, to study. I studied mental health and I also studied a bit of psychology and I went to college and things like that. So after I finished studying, I then worked in remote communities for about 10 years in different remote communities, uh, help, looking after Indigenous people with mental health issues. And one of the things I used to do was art therapy groups. I would create this safe space where people could come and do art and talk and feel free to express their their feelings and emotions. And it's just amazing what, what comes out of these groups is phenomenal. And so that's where I then created Mob Art Therapy Now, which is what I do now. Um, it's a it's a part of that, and it's just it's it's like a therapy session. You would go and see a psychologist. You would talk to them, and I think that is more intense, you know, for the person. And you know, because you're talking to a stranger, first of all, someone that doesn't know you, doesn't know your family your your life. So when you when you do that and you go in and you sit down and you have this like the setting is set and it can be very intense for people and confronting. So I just switched up the environment and I make it so it doesn't look like that. It's very funky, very cool, very chilled, very relaxed. There's no um, no pressure for you to to talk to me. There's no pressure for you to talk to anyone. You can just come and do your art and leave. You know, so it's just I think the environment that you create as well for people and it's it's absolutely amazing the the things that that come out of it is very phenomenal with people and the way they react to it you know you have the music the dance and these are 
uh, traditional healings um, of my culture. You know, you have the music, the dance, the yarning circles. It's just phenomenal. And to bring that into that environment so people can feel free and safe to, to talk to you is just really cool. So, yeah, that's how that came. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry for the loss. I also lost many friends to suicide. And I think it's very important yeah. just to bring awareness to that. So what I'm going to do is I'm mm -hmm. going to put the uh, crisis hotline uh, on the text descriptions for anybody that is out there and, and needs professional help. And I'm, I'm really interested on how you harnessing these traditions that have been around for thousands and thousands of years to bring balance to people, um, to their well-being. Uh, I think that is so fascinating. And can you tell me more about about that? Yeah, like these, uh, so we have the yarning circle. It's called a yarning circle. And yarn just means talk. So that's what yarn means. And they call, we call them yarning circles. So what it is is you you just, you sit around and you talk to people. You talk to your family, your, you know, your uncles, your cousins, you know, they will light a fire. We will just sit around the fire and talk to each other and just share, you know, what's going on in our life. Just being able to speak to someone, you know. And just be in the company of other people, your family, your friends. It's really beautiful, you know. So that's what we do um, as a people, as, you know, that's our culture. So being able to share that with, with other people is really cool as well. Um, of course, it's not in the same – it's not in my community, but we, we create the space – for, for people to, to have a yarn and circle in the groups. And you don't have to speak. There's no pressure on anyone. If you want to talk, you can. You know, usually we, you know, that's what happens. People just, they get that vibe of, you know, it's safe to, to be here, it's safe to speak to someone, you know, which is, which is really cool. And then, so that's one of the things that we bring. And then, of course, the music and the dance and stuff like that. I think everyone can relate to music and dance. That's, I think music is, yeah, it's very powerful. It can connect to a lot of people. And so bringing that to the groups is really really special as well because that's something like we grew up with music and dance and you know it's just really fun you get this really uh sense of, of freedom and just not being afraid to just you know dance and sing and just be happy you know it's just really, really, and it does. It makes people happy. You know, you hear music. When you put all these things together, 
in this mob art therapy, you have the yarn and circles, the music, the dance, the art. It's just phenomenal. It's crazy. Like you have this environment where it's a therapy session. It's just in a different format, in a different way. And it's so cool. It's very, very cool. That's fascinating. So you're providing both the uh, Moab art uh, online and also the dot art, right? So you have workshops online that people can participate. Yes. Yeah. And I, I noticed that a lot of the art, you know, especially the dot art circle, uh, there's a lot of animal representation on that art. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so the animals are, you know, very, they're one of the main things of our culture because, you know, we live off the land. We we have the animals that we eat to survive, you know, the the hunting and gathering of these things are our our life, you know. So, and then also we have the totems. They're also totems of different tribes and nations. So that's why you'll see them in a lot of art as well. Um, we we can do hunting paintings, or it could be just about your totem where you're from, and. That's why they're used in the art because they're very symbolic to us, to our to our um our spirit and our culture, you know, which is really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I know that that rock art is the longest human tradition, mm. and is still practiced uh, in Australia by many mm-hmm. communities. They go to this places of power to repaint or redraw uh, some of these carvings that are thousands of years old. Is that mm-hmm. somewhat related to the dot, the dot art circle Is that, or is that different? Yeah, no, the, sim- well, the symbols, we don't do the stick figure symbols, but it, it's, it's not exactly the same, but it, it can look the same if, you know, depending on the artist and what they're creating. Uh, we don't really touch much on it in dot art circle because it's a different um it's a different kind of art form than than dot art circle dot art circle is basically just about uh teaching people to about the symbols and creating a story from them so it's kind of a different kind of art to the the stone art the cave art yeah a lot of this art comes from traditions of telling the stories uh, orally from one person to the other, you know, continue to tell the stories through generations. And are you aware of any of those stories that relate to being more in balance with our planet, to protecting maybe the animals or nature? Yeah, you, you and we, you know, we're taught this from, you know, birth. We, we are connected to the land, that's our culture. You know, the animals are us, we are them. We, you know, that's how we, we grow up. And there are some that we can't touch and there are some that we can touch. There are places we can go, there are places we can't go. 
which is very sacred to the land and to, to nature because we, we have to protect the animals. You know, the animals are very beautiful. They, you know, we have birds that send messages, you know, messenger birds and, you know, things like that. You know, the animals, they, they are very smart and, you know, we can relate to them and they can relate to us. So we have to protect them and make sure that they are happy in their environment. And yeah, it's it's really, really beautiful. Wow, that's that's so um it's so astonishing you're talking about the message birds because I'm actually working on a different uh episode for this podcast talking about a message that I got from a bird after my initiation mm. into the butterfly creek tribe in Paraguay. Uh, so it's, it's kind of interesting. I was just wow. talking about this uh, earlier today. So it's cool that in, in Australia, there's a little bit of that same tradition. Mm. And on your opinion, like what, what is one thing that people can do to protect the planet or being more in balance with themselves? Yeah, like one of the, you know, just let the animals be. You know, you don't have to touch them. You don't have to do anything with them. They, they, that is their home. You know, that's where they live. And you just let them be. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to interrupt their environment. That, that's their home. That's where they live. And I myself, to, I, I like to wear no shoes because I like to feel grounded and connect to the earth because we are the earth. You know, so when you do that, you're, you're connecting with your mother, which is Mother Earth, uh, in a very, you know, close way. So, yeah, we, we as Indigenous people, we like to do that as well, yeah. I love that, you know, let, let the animals be and, and ground yourself, you know, by touching the earth with your feet. You know, we have so many different nerves mm. on the feet that, you know, by wearing shoes, we lose that connection, that, that close mm. uh, feel to the heartbeat of the planet. So uh, I love that. And uh, I'm really excited to, you know, hopefully uh, participate in one of your workshops soon. And, you know, I would like to see if you can do like an invite to our audience to participate in your workshops. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be great. Yeah, awesome. like they could, yeah, just, uh, yeah, we have beautiful uh, workshops. You know, people can um, just Google and, yeah, jump on. It's amazing. I love it. I'm going to put the uh, links to your workshops online. And I yep. look forward to participating in maybe some of our audience will participate too. And we can learn about some uh, dot art. And I want to thank you so much for taking uh, time this morning in the future to talk to us. And uh, I really appreciate it. It was nice meeting you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hope you enjoy another episode of Indigenous Earth. And remember, just as we need to take care of the rivers and oceans from pollution, 
being environmental aware, so we need to be conscious to take care of our mind as we are part of nature as much as nature is part of us. So make sure to stay well and take care of your spirit and mind. I will put the links to connect with Kambushka on the show descriptions. So if you're interested in joining her art workshops, take a look. For more info about this episode, visit our website, indigenousearth.org. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend, as this is how we grow our message. Thank you. Agoje and Jajoe Shape baby.